to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me start off with an incident that um, that I read about and had to share. A man's daughter had asked the local minister to come and pray with her father. When the minister arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows. An empty chair sat beside his bed. I guess you were expecting me, the minister said. No. Who are you, the man asked. The minister told him his name and then remarked, I saw the empty chair and I figured that you knew that I was going to show up. Oh yeah, the chair, the bedridden man said. Would you mind closing the door? Puzzled, That pastor shut the door. I've never told anyone this, not even my daughter, said the man, but all my life I have never known how to pray. At church I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer, but it went right over my head. I abandoned any attempt at prayer, the old man continued, until one day four years ago my best friend said to me, Johnny, Prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here is what I suggest. Sit down in a chair, or just stay on your bed if you want. Place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith, just imagine Jesus sitting in that chair. It's not spooky because he promised, I will be with you always. Then, Just speak to him in the same way that you're doing to me right now. So I tried it, and I've liked it so much that I do it a couple of hours every day. I'm careful, though. If my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or she'd send me off to the funny farm. Well, that pastor was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old man to continue on his faith journey. Then he prayed with him and returned to the church. Two nights later, the daughter called to tell that pastor that her daddy had died that afternoon. Did he die in peace? The pastor asked. Yes. When I left the house about two o'clock, he called me over to his bedside, told me how much he loved me, and kissed me right on the cheek. When I got back from the store an hour later, I found him dead. But there was something strange about his death. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over and rested his head right on that chair next to his bed. He knew who was sitting there. In the Gospel lesson today, we heard about the time when Jesus had been praying and 
afterwards, one of his disciples came up to him and asked Jesus to pray in the same manner that John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. And so Jesus taught them what we've come to call the Lord's Prayer, although our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters often call it the Our Father, or if they're in the mood to speak Latin, the Pater Noster. Now, I'm, I'm sure, too, that very few of you actually go around speaking Latin because with your heritage, you do a lot of, of talking in German. I, I know at least one person that does. Yeah. Well, now, I'm sure you've wondered, just as I have how John taught his disciples to pray. And there's no written record of this, so we can only guess. And, of course, we also notice right away that the words of St. Luke are a bit different than what we pray this morning. Most apparent is that there's no doxology. You know, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This was added at a later date, but it does not detract from what Jesus said. Rather, it's a human response to this godly prayer. Nevertheless, the prayer is an essential ingredient in our relationship with God. When I was in my high school years, I had a couple of dilemmas to which some of you can perhaps relate. I had been to confirmation class and learned the basics of the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, But what was never explained to me was when we should direct our prayers to the Heavenly Father or to the Lord Jesus or even, well, somewhere in my deepest introspective theological moments, I wondered if there was a time when I should direct my prayers to the Holy Spirit. And you've perhaps noticed that we don't do that very often in the church even, mostly to God the Father and to Jesus. I will say this, though. Jesus never said that we should pray to him. He did say that we could pray in his name and even recommended that. But that generated the puzzling thought that maybe God wouldn't be as inclined to offer or to answer a plaintive prayer if I didn't mention Jesus' name first. I asked this in Jesus' name. Something like that. Sort of like when someone suggested that I visit a certain mechanic and tell him so-and-so had sent me to him. Would he give me a better price or do a better job? Probably not, but you never know. Maybe that's the way it goes when we pray in Jesus' name. Some things the Bible just doesn't clarify. Now, another thing about prayer from that period, one summer during high school, the old South Pacific District of the American Lutheran Church had a Luther League leadership training school at California Lutheran College. Kids from all over Southern California and Western Arizona came to this event, and we did a lot of the typical Bible camp stuff, swimming, softball, Bible studies, 
worship services, eating spam sandwiches, and flirting with cute girls from other churches. Each night we had a big bonfire that the kids circled around. Guitars came out and we sang camp-type songs. Someone read a passage from the Bible. Maybe one of the pastors in residence said something, you know, sort of a sermonette or a homily, a brief wisdom-laden message. And then they had open prayers where anyone could pray for anything that was on their mind. And in the darkness, you couldn't always tell who it was that was doing the praying. A few kids were really eloquent or loquacious. Some, like me, never opened their mouths except on the group prayers and the Lord's Prayer. Well, at the end of the week, everyone had to visit with one of the pastors that were there and to say what we liked and what we didn't like, what we'd encourage them to do next year that maybe they didn't do that year, that sort of thing. Feedback time. I mentioned that there was a girl from Vista that I especially liked, but that I felt badly that I just couldn't get up the nerve to pray out loud by the bonfire. The pastor said, That's okay, Paul. I shouldn't worry about that. Spontaneously praying out loud in a group isn't required. But then he offered some advice related to it, and he said, Just don't become a pastor. His implication was right on. If you're a pastor, you get asked to pray a lot. I've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. Pastors get asked to pray like this. Pastor, would you say a little prayer? Nobody ever says, Pastor, would you please say a long prayer? It's never happened. But the fact is that God doesn't like fancy, right-out-loud prayers, pastoral prayers, more than he does the quiet little personal prayers by lay people or children. And actually, he just might prefer the child's prayer because kids have a way of simply getting right to the point without trying to impress anybody. And sometimes, prayers don't even have to be words out loud or even shaped in the mind. Just a sincere reflection sent off in God's direction will be just fine. You've probably noticed that there are times when I ask someone else to pray. That's not because I'm not honored to pray or that I don't like praying. But part of my calling is to allow other people to discover their own gifts and sometimes to give God a whole whole different angle on whatever it is that's being prayed about. The Lord's Prayer is a model of succinctness. It's short and to the point. That's Jesus' way of doing things sometimes. Maybe tell a little story and let people figure out their own meaning for the story or parable. And keep the prayers short, except when he had the personal prayers like he did in the garden just shortly before Judas showed up with the the troops from the temple. For the most part, he wanted to start the prayers and let people take over from there. But with regard to the Lord's Prayer, my guess is that he never guessed at that moment 
that this prayer in its honest simplicity would become a timeless model for Christian faith. His concern was that his disciples understand that they could go straight to God and know him as their very own loving Heavenly Father, a personal relationship. They did do that. And they understood. And we do that. And those are particularly our aha moments when we discover how close we are to God and to God's heart. And as we pray together this morning, we do so with no fear that we're being graded on our words. We do it in the full knowledge that God is simply delighted every time we choose to talk to him. No matter how old we are, no matter how many years of school we've had, no matter how eloquent or down-to-earth our words are. He just simply loves interacting with us as our Father. Whether with the written words of prayers in the bulletin or speaking the Jesus prayer or coming up with our very own thoughts and words, prayer is getting connected to God. And to be sure, when we worship together, We are prayerfully covering all of these bases. It's a holy time. So let it come to pass now. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.